Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Future Thinking with me, Chris Slowly. In this tech-centric world, you'd be hard-pushed not to have noticed the ongoing headlines surrounding 5G. 5G, which marks the fifth generation of technology for cellular networks, has been talked about in terms of international security, spying, and even as a potential cause of coronavirus. When much of this lies somewhere between debatable and downright wrong, what information is actually accurate about how much 5G will reshape our lives today? Joining me today is our own elite-level expert. YT Boone of Newberger Berman is a former engineer who worked on chip processing, turned firm manager, and is now co-lead on the US group's new 5G connectivity fund. In a wide-ranging chat, YT talks about how the technology has developed, why the market is so big, the hurdles caused by constant links to health problems, and how an ideal world could see your refrigerator ordering you fresh milk when you're running low. So, enjoy. YT, thank you for joining us. Hi. So, you're in Hong Kong, is that right? Yes, yes, I'm based out of Hong Kong. Well, thank you for joining us, and it's proving the power of these uh, the new digital age that we can talk over such distances with relative ease. I know we had some difficulties at the start, but thank you for persevering. No problem. Well, it, it feeds into the overall topic of what we're going to talk about today, because you've recently overseen the launch of a use its compliant version of a strategy you've been running for a long time that's focused on 5G connectivity. And yep. one of the things this podcast is mainly looking at is things that will shape the future, and I think there's no argument that 5G will play a role in that. So without asking the biggest question I possibly could to start, in a nutshell, how much will 5G transform what we do now? How much of a change will it be from the way we're communicating? I think 5G will have a pretty um, profound impact on how humans communicate with other humans. And more importantly, how humans communicate with machines and how machines are able to communicate with machines themselves. I think uh, we're going to see a proliferation of, you know, multiple types of devices. And in the future, I think um, uh, 5G enable, for example, uh, your future smart refrigerator to be able to realize that you've run out of milk and also uh, order milk online. I think that's how 5G will completely change our lives. With the, that, that, that links very nicely to the Internet of Things. And when we were starting to write more about thematic investments over the last couple of years, the idea of the Internet of Things kept popping up. It seemed like it was a very buzzy thing to say a few years ago. How much does 5G push us towards that becoming a reality? 5G is one of the key building blocks of the Internet of Things. Um, you know, not only is 5G high speed, um, it is also a very, uh, very important network that allows more connectivity. If you, if you think about the world of Internet of Things, there will be tens of billions or even up to trillions of devices that are connected in, to the network. And 5G has been designed to you know, have this kind of capacity. And more importantly, 5G will enable a very robust network that you know, will be able to drive mission-critical applications. And Internet of Things, when you think about the future of autonomous cars or even like remote surgery, these are very mission-critical applications. So 5G is the key building block. Well, that's a really important point because when I spoke to somebody about 5G, somebody described it as just telecoms on steroids. But it seems like it's much more nuanced than that, especially at a time when telecoms are... Um, are having to evolve quite quickly. And like I said, we're, we're doing this communication through a new 
new means rather than doing it face-to-face or over the phone. But the idea that it isn't just about having a faster phone or being able to download movies quicker, do you think that's lost slightly on the general public? Yes, I think so. If you think about how 3G and 4G has changed our lives, uh, you know, obviously more recently at this point of time, 4G, if you think about it, has completely transformed the way we communicate. Um, I think today we spend more time with, on, you know, internet platforms like um, Facebook and so forth uh, to communicate with our friends and families and so forth. And that's how 4G has transformed a lot of these um, uh, experiences. And I think 5G will do even more. I think uh, a lot of these nuances have been lost and people tend to focus on just the fancy names or technologies or websites, but you know, not realizing that the technologies, the telecommunications, the new technologies actually powering these are in the future going to be driven by 5G. And with that, I think it crosses over into an area of the politicization of 5G. There's an element of it being used as a, a tool of, or an argument has definitely surfaced around its implications for defense and security. Does that make your job more difficult? Um, of course. I think, um, uh, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to telecommunications, whether it is cybersecurity, privacy, and so forth, these are obviously becoming more important aspects that, that we need to pay a lot of attention to. Uh, and, and, but with these types of risks, uh, when there is risk, there is opportunities. And this is what we will be able to find a lot of very interesting investment opportunities. And where will they, where will they actually be? Because one of the interesting things about the fund was it's, it's not just the carriers, it's the infrastructure. It's across the whole connectivity spectrum, really. Could you just take me into some of the areas that this will cover and also some of the areas that might surprise people? Because I'm one of the naive masses. I'm the, one of the people who assumed it would just be you buy Vodafone or you buy one of these others. What, could you go into some of the sectors that would be particularly, um, I was going to say lucrative, but I suppose it is lucrative at this time. Yeah. So um, if we take a look at, you know, what's uh, in the investment universe or the thematic universe of 5G, uh, we will see three key buckets. Number one, the network infrastructure. Obviously, these are the networks that, you know, the Vodafones, the T-Mobiles, um, the Telefonicas will be building. But that's not it. That's just not, uh, that's not everything. Number one, obviously, we have infrastructure. And number two, we have devices. And number three, we have applications and services. This should be able to cover all the, you know, um, the very large universe of 5G. But zooming into each of these buckets, infrastructure, as I just mentioned, it's not just about the Vodafones, the T-Mobiles. It's about the transformation of our existing 4G networks into 5G. These requires a lot of technological upgrades, whether it's in the base stations, the new components, the new semiconductor devices that goes into powering the new antennas. The new 5G standards will be more complicated, more sophisticated. There's a lot of new technologies, um, for example, uh, called 
you know, a technology that's called Massive MIMO will enable, you know, multiple antennas to be able to beam, you know, signals to multiple um, or, you know, tens of uh, thousands of uh, devices at the same time at very high speed and more importantly, very robust connections. Uh, if you think about the um, autonomous cars and remote surgeries of the future, these are mission critical applications that cannot tolerate even 0.01 second of latency or delays. Um, because if it does, you know, uh, it will cause, you know, pretty hefty human uh, lives and, and that's not what we want to see. So 5G infrastructure, which is much robust, requires a lot of upgrades, a lot of new technology that, that, that you know, powers them. And, and, and this creates very exciting growth opportunities for a lot of companies who are key enablers you know, in the form of, you know, semiconductors, as, you, as I just mentioned, you know, um, uh, even like optical networking networks, you know, needs to be upgraded. These are optical networks that connect to the base stations. And also, um, if you think about the data centers that obviously feed a lot of these data to the base stations, these will also be very exciting areas of growth where, where we'll find very, you know, lucrative uh, opportunities. Um, Zooming into the second bucket, which is um, the devices. You know, obviously, this is not only about smartphones. We're talking about different types of sensors. Um, uh, of late, you know, for example, connected sensors, wireless wearable sensors are becoming more important because uh, a lot of people are now avoiding going to the hospitals. And um, uh, uh, care providers can actually deploy wireless you know uh, sensors that is able to monitor um, patients or monitor um, uh, somebody's uh, conditions remotely and these are the type of devices and sensors you know that we're seeing beyond just smartphones the smartphone economy is actually very massive but beyond that there's a lot more other devices uh, your smart refrigerators of the future your connected healthcare and so forth that is also very exciting in the last bucket, application and services, think about the Facebook 2.0 or the Google 3.0 or the Netflix 4.0 that we're gonna see with 5G, with the robust you know, mission critical networks. Um, today, a lot of cloud software, a lot of cloud-based cybersecurity elements are becoming more important. And these are some of the applications and services uh, that provides very attractive growth opportunities. With that, just to pick up on the second point, because you talked there about the, the development for healthcare and the huge development in other areas. How much has uh, COVID-19 pushed this forward? Has it um, in any way delayed the rollout of 5G or has it actually accelerated it as people have realized the need for, for greater connectivity at a time where people are having to work remotely? And, and like you said there, they're, they're not able to physically go into places they would normally go into. So that connectivity is more important than ever. Yeah. Um, the COVID-19 has definitely been a catalyst for an acceleration for 5G. Now, uh, we have you know, recently heard from multiple companies, multiple enterprises who said to us that 5G is no longer a nice to have. It has become a must have yeah. because during this period of time, mobile usage, data usage, has accelerated so much that the capacity of 4G cannot catch up. 5G has become a must-have because 
that's where you know a lot of the mission critical applications will be running on and we've seen how important connectivity is uh and, and i think once we've been there when there's no turning back one thing that's challenging with that though is these um i would say spurious links between covid19 and 5g itself the the conspiracy theories that one leads to the other has that proved problematic for you because we i was reading in preparation for this i read a lot of articles from last summer in fact where they were um dismissing the links between poor health and 5g but that seems to have come back again has that made you made this a tougher sell in any way um it has definitely raised a lot of attention uh, to some extent, I think it's more positive than negative. A lot more people now realize that 5G is, uh, you know, uh, on fire. You know, seeing uh, the uh, base station's been torched, yeah. I think. Uh, uh, to me, um, I see more opportunities than risk because, um, uh, you know, whether it's 3G, 4G, that's always um, health concern. Um, that's why even like, you know, if you look at um, the base station antennas today, some of them are camouflaged as palm trees or, um, you know, just normal lampposts. Um, that's because people are more aware of the um, health aspects. And, and, and with that, regulators are actually putting in a lot of attention. They're putting in a lot of new regulations to make sure that the new 5G networks and the signals are as you know, you know, as you know, robust and at the same time less harmful uh, to any you know uh, health aspects. And I think that's a positive thing because we've seen a lot, a lot of new opportunities in terms of testing and measurement. Uh, even some of the companies within our space are benefiting from these newly kind of like, you know, um, uh, increased concern because as there are more regulations, more testing, more measurement has been uh, uh, taken place and, and that's, that creates new opportunities. One thing that I wanted to get into, Marty, because I think we've covered the, the 5G as a theme uh, to a large extent, so thank you because it's been very comprehensive, is, is actually how you got involved in it because I was, I was reading through your biography and uh, you're a former chip designer yourself and you've also been involved in, in autonomous um, prototype chips, is that right? Can we, can we talk about that? How did you make that crossover? How did you move from one to the other? Yeah, so, so just, just a bit of a history. So I'm, um, you know, I'm an engineer by training. Um, I, I used to study at the University of Southampton in Edinburgh. I graduated from, from these universities. And uh, I worked in the UK for about 10 years. Uh, my first career, I was at uh, ARM in Cambridge. Okay. So spent a couple of years there. And then I, I worked at several other technology companies like Broadcom. And my last job within the technology space, I was working for a Chinese company. Back then, nobody knew who, you know, who they were, but now yeah. everyone knows. It's a company called Huawei. Of course. So my experience allowed me to you know, be able to uh, know what's really happening in the industry and, and allow me to connect the dots a lot faster. And uh, I made a transition from you know, an engineer to a research analyst. Uh, after I moved to Hong Kong and um, uh, I was with, uh, uh, you know, the cell site research for several years, for two and a half years. And then um, I became a research analyst on the buy side with uh, New Burger Berman. And then um, uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, you know, uh, we had a chance and, and we launched a 5G 
connectivity uh, strategy with some Asian clients. And uh, that's how it took off. And um, uh, we're now managing over $5 billion of uh, assets in that space. That's a phenomenal growth. And we're, just to, to round things out, then, what is the actual um, opportunity set in 5G? How much of a playing field? Because in some of the press information that I've seen, there's, there's about 13 trillion worth of assets that could be unlocked. Or is that uh, overstating the, the case for it? So about two years ago, when uh, this third party research came out, uh, it was only 10, bill, uh, 10 trillion US dollars. Then it got revised up to 11 trillion, then 12 trillion, and most recently to over 13 trillion. So the number has continued to move up. And I think this is uh, uh, evident by you know, what we've seen with the US and China tension, you know, the, the technology war that we're seeing, um, at the supply bans that's happening. I think there is clearly a race to you know towards 5g and and to build a better connected world and i think um uh the opportunity that you know we see here at 13 trillion might actually be much larger than that i think this is a bit of a, a facetious question but as somebody who works in magazines once we finish a magazine we're always looking towards the next one how long will there be between 5g and 6g a typical you know telecommunications uh technology transition uh, uh, typically takes about eight to 10 years. I think, uh, uh, you know, we're still at the very early stages of 5G. Bear in mind that there's only like, you know, very few countries that already have 5G networks um, and mostly in Asia. So there's still, you know, a large percentage of the world that hasn't even started with 5G. So, so 6G is still very, very far away. But I think that, um, you know, the strategy that, that we're running, it's not only confined in 5G. Where we're looking at is, you know, you know the transformation from 5, you know, 4G to 5G, 5 to 5.5G and beyond. I think that's where the, the, the growing opportunities are. Fantastic. YT, thank you very much for taking the time to talk me through that. I think it's going to be an interesting development, see how it comes about. And, and the next time we speak, hopefully it'll be even quicker. Great. Thank you. Thank you.